Welcome. Everything is different. You're listening to Fork and Bullshirt, the Good Place podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Vivian. And we'll be the Good Place architects of your afterlife test. This week we're talking about Season 4, Episode 10, Mondays, am I right? This episode was written by Jen Statsky, directed by Rebecca Asher, and aired January 16th, 2020. Michael, Janet, and Tahani assemble the first group of Bad Place architects that will learn the new system while Eleanor, Jason, and Chidi sift through files to choose the first thousand humans that will take the test. Tahani volunteers to be the test subject to help the Bad Place architects train for their new roles. Why do we need a new system? Torture works! It's the way it's always been done. With all due respect, it's the way it's always been done is an excuse that's been used for hundreds of years to justify racism, misogyny... Exactly! See, this chick gets it. (laughs) Meanwhile, the rest of the group tries to choose humans that will sail through the test to build confidence in this new system. Eleanor panics when she realizes they can read their own files. She insists Chidi read hers, in case anything she did makes him rethink their relationship. When the Bad Place architects fail to grasp the subtleties of the new system, Mondays, am I right? Vicky shows up, reformed and ready to dazzle. After reading Eleanor's file, Chidi feels he may not be good enough for her. Why are you freaking out? You're cool, confident, cheaty now, remember? I am confident about my feelings for you. I am also confident that I am a damn drip. Jason tries to console Cheaty, but it backfires. Although Vicky performs well, Michael fires her. He confesses he's afraid of losing his purpose in the afterlife. Pushing the rock up the hill gave me a purpose. Who am I if the rock's gone? A quick pep talk from Janet and Tahani convinces him to get Vicky back. Chidi apologizes to Jason, and Jason reveals that he tricked Chidi. Chess me! And that Chidi's advice applies to his relationship with Eleanor. Chidi and Eleanor make up. Michael convinces Vicky to come back as director of this new project under the guise of her taking the position by force to manipulate the bad place architect. 1.28 Jeremy Bury Me Later... The new architect training school is underway. Team Cockroach hears the sound signaling someone has made it into the good place. Michael happily informs them that it's them. The judge agreed that the four of you don't need to take the test. Turns out that saving every soul in the universe is worth a few points. You're in. (laughs) All their hard work has paid off. A golden hot air balloon descends to bring the whole team to the good place. We're here. We've reached it. We've it's, reached the end game. It is paradise. Oh, we have reached it. No choir of angels singing. No trumpets blor- blurring, blaring. So, distinguished listeners, if you recall from the last time we podcasted about this wonderful show, we made a bet. And in that bet, Jason said that we weren't going to have any time jumps. <laughs> And lo and behold, the end of the episode, bam, 1.28 Jeremy Barmies later. Oh, so you know what that (sighs) means. You owe me five buckaroonos. Five buckaroonies. Five dollary dues. All right, where are the loonies? Where are they? (laughs) Yeah. You're going to buy me a five dollar drink tonight, okay? Five dollar (laughs) drink. Okay. So this episode's very split up. We have like our two stories, basically. Very much an A story and a B story. And we all kind of meet up at the end. Do you want to start with Chidi and Eleanor and Jason's? Sure. How tempting would it be to read 
anybody else's <laughs> file. Like you pull out your best friend from school right. or you're thinking that, you know what? They came over one day and then the next day I noticed a Lego was missing. So let's find out and see if he lost points for stealing my Lego. Oh, or yeah, like weird moments when your parents were, I don't know, acting funny or something. You find out you're like, oh, whatever did happen on April, you know, 3rd of 1985. Yeah. You weren't born at that point. But you know, (laughs) that kind of thing. Like what happened? Yeah, you see them like, oh, they were flipping through an adoption catalog. Oh. And then your whole life comes crumbling down because you didn't realize that you were adopted. Oh, that would, that would be hard. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Okay. Or you go back and you're like, oh, mom was always so high and mighty. Maybe I'll see what she did through her teen years. Oh, and you're looking just, through and you're she like. She was always high. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, you know. You what can't unsee those pages. <laughs> Let's just put that back. Yeah. It would be very tempting to look at people's files. And I think it's fun that. Jason is the one who thinks of that. And he doesn't even think of it so much as like, I'm going to read other people's. He's just like, I'm going to read my own. This I know book, what I did in my life, but like, this, this is walking is awesome. down memory lane. Like, I siphoned so much gas. <laughs> his, his book would be a bestseller. Yeah, probably. It'd be like, what, titled like, Florida Man? <laughs> <laughs> or uh, it would just be titled, So Dope. Yeah. Do you have a couple of people that you would want to see in this test? Because they're trying to find a thousand people that would just like sail through it. So, of course, they're trying to think of like really amazing people that are very um, Mm -hmm. ethical, Mm -hmm. very kind, generous people, right? Um, Off the top of my head, I believe Mr. Rogers. Aw, that's sweet. Maybe Tom Hanks. Bob Ross. Bob Ross. Good old Bobby. Yeah. Bobby Rossi. (laughs) Yep. Me... Yeah. No. I love that Jason puts himself in there too. He's just like listing everyone off that he wants. And then he says, Jason, he goes, yeah, sure. Me, like, let's throw me in the mix there. That, that was a funny joke. I like that one. Everything that he named was either a fictional character (laughs) or an actor or none of them were real. Jason doesn't understand the difference between fiction and nonfiction. (laughs) That one, that chick from Wendy's. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So on the chalkboard, we have Abraham Lincoln, Harriet Tubman, uh, Mary Curie, Florence Nightingale, which I am ashamed to say I thought was not a real person. Really? I... The name sounded too No, I always... Well, it's a great name. Yeah. It is a wonderful name. It sounds made up. Uh, It super sounds like the main character of a book. Plus, isn't there a whole, like, flying nun thing to do with Florence Nightingale? Am I getting that wrong? Who's the flying nun? Uh, are you thinking of the flying Dutchman? No, there's flying nuns! It's a thing! Anyway, whatever. I didn't Let know about know, her. listeners, is V crazy? Are there flying nuns? No, there are flying nuns. There's, there's, they're flying nuns. Their wimples make them fly. Anyway, next on the list, next on the list is Susan B. Anthony, which I did know is a real person, Uh, Nelson Mandela, uh, Rene Descartes, uh, and then, I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Um, Shiyun Sugihara, uh, who was a Japanese government official who helped about 6,000 Jews flee from Europe. Um, And then there was Toyohiko 
Kagawa, who was a Japanese Christian pacifist uh, and a labor activist. And then we have Siddhara Gutama, who is Buddha, which confuses me because Buddha wasn't on earth in the last 500 years. So like, wouldn't he already be in the good place? Anyway, and Oscar Schindler. And I apologize again for like my horrible pronunciation of those names. But yeah, lots of great people there. But when I thought about this test, I really wanted to see terrible people do it. <laughs> like immediately I was like, I want to see some bad people do this test just because it would be so interesting. Mm -hmm. Like I want to see, just, just put John Wayne Gacy in there. I don't, I just want to see how this goes because he doesn't deserve the chance, but like, does he? We haven't discussed this yet. I'm anyway. I just think it would be interesting to see someone. Well, yeah. So let's let's pitch it right now. This is okay. a spinoff of The Good Place. It's called Good Place Test Chamber. Okay, sure. And every episode is a new test for someone horrible or someone mediocre. Right. Getting into The Good Place. Right. So, and then it would follow both the test and it would follow the architects trying to concoct the test. And the first episode. That would be so interesting. It would be so interesting, right? I'm imagining this is a video game, though. Okay. Yeah. Like as a video game and you're playing as the architect. So you're trying to make them better and you're like getting them those points that they would be getting mm, on earth. Okay. Yeah. And just depending on like how you treat them and like what kind of uh, tests you put them through, they either will make it to the good place or won't make it to the good place. I'm assuming like you wouldn't be able to do like serial killers. It would be like nameless person, first name, last name. And then, you know, they were kind of crappy on earth. Right? Like, like they were a be, bit of an Eleanor. It wouldn't be John Wayne Gacy. It would be Don Blaine Grady. Yeah, sure. <laughs> but yeah, my... Sorry, my... Don Blaine Grady, if you're out there. I apologize. <laughs> right, because... I'm sure I... you're a lovely person. <laughs> He's like listening like, what are you talking about? I feel personally attacked right yeah. now. Yeah, just because we still have no idea if individuals who have done, like, this egregious behavior on Earth, like serial killers, rapists, ruthless dictators, all that stuff. We don't know if those kinds of people are going to be allowed through the test. We don't know if they're like, ah, no, you killed somebody, automatic, like, pass to the bad place, do not collect $200, whatever, that kind of thing. Do not collect 200 points. Do not collect 200 points, and you go straight to the bad place. Yeah. It doesn't address, like, Michael's little commercial that he has doesn't address what happens if someone doesn't deserve to go to the good place. And it doesn't answer whether or not everyone is allowed to do this test, right? Right. There's still some details that yeah. we might not ever find out because we only have two episodes left. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. There's there's so much. And yet they can pack so much into so little time. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just my nature that I was like, no, nah, I want to see a real rotten person do this test because that would be interesting. Like just to see because they, they're talking about like you redo the test over and over and over and over and over again until you can make it into the good place. And I'm like, mm -hmm. mm, how many times would that take if you were doing a John Wayne Gacy one? Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, what did you think of the Chidi and Eleanor story? It's interesting because everyone is always concerned about their past right yeah like if you're starting to date somebody new and maybe you've done a few things in your past that you're kind of ashamed of or you're embarrassed about and you're you've always got that in the back of your head like if they found out about that would they still love me 
Oh, like yeah. is that is our love strong enough to make it through that? And then of course nobody has that written down in like hundreds of pages, yeah, of content to just be <laughs> able to be read, and in such a neutral way too. Yeah, <laughs> it's Eleanor had sex with her. <laughs> Her ex's Her, twin. Yeah, exactly. Just, Upon realization, continued. <laughs> yep. So matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah, that's true. Um, it's very relatable. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's also interesting because the whole point of it is that it's they're scared because they're supposed to be now facing eternity together. Yeah, that's a long time. That is. That is a giant commitment to anyone. It's insane. How much. <laughs> It's just so long. We don't even know how long that is, right? It's just a concept that we just don't grasp. Yeah. Like the size of the universe. Yeah. It's just a word. But I like the way Eleanor talks about it. Like, we've always known that we were different, which is very true. And Chidi has heard so many horrible things about her before. He's already seen and heard about all these things that she's done. So really, like, is there going to be anything in there that makes him feel differently? Doubtful. But it's nice to have that moment where Eleanor is the one consoling him about their differences and that she really does want to be with him, Mm -hmm. whereas it's usually the other side. And the way she talks about it is really mature. Like, you know, I want to be with you. Yeah, like I've been with nice people or whatever in the past. Like I've been with the super hot uh, firefighter guy, but like I want you and, you know, if something happens at some point in the afterlife, like, we're going to chat about it. And, and she makes a joke. She, I know, like, Frida Kahlo, like, mm, not who I'd pick. But regardless, it, it's just nice for her to say, like, no, no, we're going to have a conversation if something comes up. And that's fine. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It was a good moment, but it was kind of like, at the same time, I almost wanted them to focus more on the test. Surprising. Yeah. Since you're such a huge fan of Eleanor and Chidi. I am. I'm a big fan of Eleanor and Chidi, but it was sort of like, we already know this stuff. We already know they're very different. They already know that they're very different. Like, we know how this is going to end up. The story was like very predictable, even with Jason's little twist twist, there. But I guess when you think about it, like as a whole, like Michael's story is also him facing eternity and being scared about what comes next. And then we have Chidi and Eleanor doing the same, which is it. They're different, but they're still the same. It brings it all together. I like that. Mm -hmm. So I don't hate the story. I just felt like we could have done something a little bit more interesting with it. I think that's what we're going to be seeing the next couple episodes. Uh Uh-huh. I'm not going to predict anything because I'm terrible at it now. I've <laughs> discovered. Um, but... Five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're we're confident in their relationship. We kind of just want to see the nitty gritty details of the test and how this is going to play out. But now we're going into the actual good place. So I don't know if we're actually going <sighs> to yeah. oversee any of the, the the workings behind the scenes anymore or whether we're just heading somewhere new now. I feel like we're still going to be dealing with that because it's too much to have changed and not address more. <laughs> okay. So I'm really hoping we see more of that. So should we talk about Michael and Janet and Tahani now? By all means. Okay. Related to Chidi, um... Michael's little commercial 
super cute, really fun, like nice to see Jason in the Bad Place Architects shirt, which like, of course he is. <laughs> and then uh, Chidi is the Good Place Architect, very cute. I like Tahani wearing this like oversized shirt that just says human on it under an obvious or over an obviously like beautiful gown. I love Janet and Michael jamming and singing Simply the Test. Perfect. Reminds me of some of our songs for our mailbags. <laughs> yes. Terrible, but funny. But my question here is why is Michael taking all of the credit? Hello! It seems like everybody helped to create this new system, and in particular, Chidi. Chidi should be getting a little bit more credit. Yeah, isn't it obvious though? Well, no, but I just, I was like, Michael, stop, you're showboating. It's his insecurities just taking over. (laughs) That's what this whole episode has been about for him. Yeah. He's just super insecure. He's trying to make sure everyone realizes that he's important and he still has meaning and he's still, this this whole thing won't work without him. All right, coming in with your logic there, Jason. (laughs) I know, my bad. (laughs) No, okay, that does make me like that moment a little bit better. Yeah, because I was just, my immediate thought was, hey, Chidi deserves more credit than that. (laughs) It's like the class project where (laughs) this one kid only did like a couple minutes of work. And then at the end, after presentation, he's like, you're welcome, guys. I I contributed a lot. I'm I'm over here. My name's on the board, remember? But Michael, like to be fair to Michael, none of this would have happened if he hadn't started the of first course. neighborhood. Yeah. So he is integral he planted to the, the seeds, whole thing. But he also came up with some terrible ideas that just didn't work. Oh, horrible because ones! He's yeah, awful. <laughs> well, he was. He was awful. He still has terrible ideas sometimes. But yes. <laughs> He gets by with a little help from his friends. Exactly. (laughs) Did you notice his super obvious reference to the myth of Sisyphus? Maybe. When he says, you know, I feel like I've been pushing up this rock Uh, and what am I without the rock? Yeah. Of course, I immediately glommed onto that. Um, The myth of Sisyphus, if you don't know, is a philosophical essay by Albert Camus, Um, The last time the show referenced Camus was in season two when Michael was having his existential crisis uh, and, you know, dressed up Janet as Jeanette uh, and acted like those 60-year-old guys who were freaking out about dying. He got a tattoo. (laughs) Yes, he got a tattoo in Chinese that says Japan. (laughs) (laughs) I want one. Oh my god. So Camus used Sisyphus as an example of human fate. Um, Sisyphus strains to push the rock up the mountain. He watches it roll down and then descending after the rock to begin it all over again. Just this endless cycle of pushing the rock up the hill and then the rock rolling down the hill. And there's no point, basically. Like Sisyphus, Camus thought that humans cannot help but continue to ask after the meaning of life. Just like pushing the rock up that hill only to see our answers tumble back down. Michael asks who he is without this rock, without this purpose in life, but Michael has found his purpose when he brought the four humans together. And then he finds meaning when he decides to actually help them. And of course, now that that part of his life is ending, he's back to searching, you know? This entire time he's been pushing that rock up this hill, he's just been doing that, and it has felt so meaningful to him But then once it got to the top and started tumbling down again, now he's questioning everything. And that's so scary. Like, I 
get that. That is very relatable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, You're 30. Come on. I am not <laughs> even 30 yet. I am 29 until August. Thank you very much. <laughs> but it is, it is very relatable. Like that that search for meaning and wondering like, okay, if this universe that I've, I'm, I'm in now is meaningless and it's just chaos and there's no cosmic justice, right? Like then, then what am I left with? Another famous existentialist, Jean-Paul Sartre, thought that what you're left with is this like abundant freedom that is terrifying because now you have to figure out your own moral code and you have to figure out the meaning of your life, which is like, (laughs) what? Because if there is no like universal moral code, then what do I do? And if there is no meaning that is just intrinsic of life, like what's the point? Right. Right. So it's, it's really scary. And, you know, of course he believed that the universe does have some kind of control over your life, but it didn't ever take away your ability to choose, even if that means you only have a choice of how to suffer, but to refuse. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) But he felt to refuse to make any kind of choice and just follow a path made for you, like by your government or your parents or whatever, was living in bad faith. So he thought that you needed to make that choice to live authentically. And from the beginning, I feel like Michael just hasn't been following the path that other people have laid out for him. He didn't want to do the same old boring neighborhood. You know, he didn't want to just keep torturing people. He wanted to make his own way. And he has been. He has been doing things differently since the beginning of this show. He's always been living authentically. He's always been making his own choices. And in this episode, he continues to do that. Like, he chooses to confide in Janet and Tawny. He chooses to give Vicky control over this new system. And then he chooses at the end to go with his friends to the good place. Like, he is still living authentically. So he that's good. He chose to work with Sean. Yeah, Exactly. He's making those choices. No one's making them for him. Mm -hmm. It's just scary not knowing what your future holds. And that has been his, the last couple of years of his life for sure, because, or last couple of years, last couple of years of our lives while watching the TV show. (laughs) But yes, the last good while for him has been like not knowing what comes next, but this is a whole different brand of not knowing what comes next now it's like oh the fight is over now what do i do my with myself yeah i really enjoyed this part of the story like i'm glad they brought that in because i just feel like a lot of people are going to be able to really relate to that it's such a classic like okay my job is over i'm retiring i don't have any commitments i don't what do i do now i've got like 30 years with no purpose yeah i have to find my own purpose or your kids grow up and leave and now you have an empty nest or even heck going uh or even graduating university or something or college right not knowing oh what comes next like i'm i guess i'm supposed to find a job Mm -hmm. uh okay let's do that i guess (laughs) like it's just there's a lot of choice it's very hard to be well existentialists acknowledge that it's very hard to be in this world that is so chaotic and irrational and still make your own choices yeah very difficult but way to go michael he's being a real existentialist hero at the moment he's embracing it (laughs) yeah he is although he does look a little bit concerned at the end of the episode when they're stepping onto that 
golden hot air balloon. I wonder if it's because as a demon, Mm. he may not be entirely welcome. I wonder about that, though, because he's done so much good. Does that Mm -hmm. change his status? Right. Will Michael become an angel by the end of the series? Is that even something that exists? I mean, we haven't heard about angels. If there's demons and they're the opposite should be angels. Should be, yeah. That's that's our, you know, preconceived notions of how this whole afterlife thing works. That there must be a demon for every angel and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But maybe not. We don't know. Yeah, we'll see. So, yeah. Uh... My concern with this whole new system thing is that I'm worried the bad place architects are going to be using all of these new methods to just torture humans like Michael was in the first neighborhood. Without giving them the chance, like going from zero to a hundred instead of giving them a chance to learn. I suppose, because like, obviously we see them struggling and we see them bring out the 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 bear. bear. That was good. That was really funny. The Mondays am I right with the bacon shirt? That was good. Um, I'm just worried that they're gonna take like take it to more of a psychological torture, I guess, because I worry about the good place architects and how much uh, backbone they've got. Like if the good place architects just step back and allow them to just like run amok because they don't want to upset them just like the good place committee then you are definitely going to have issues because the bad place architects are not gonna (laughs) i don't really think they're all gonna listen to vicky right i can't imagine someone not messing with that system they're demons come on (laughs) maybe they'll introduce some sort of punishment system yeah for the demons who step out of line Ooh. put them in one of the chambers well retirement right yeah and i'm a little I'm a little suspicious of Vicky too. I'm a little bit like, okay, does she believe in this new system or is she just really good at replicating what Michael did back in season one? Are you asking whether she's a good actor? Yeah, I think <laughs> I'm acti- I'm asking that question. That's tough because I think she really enjoys the art. Right. And if she's really good at it, she enjoys doing it. Uh-huh. So I am inclined to believe that she wants to be in a position of power because she always has. Yeah. She tried to overthrow Michael in season two. Mm -hmm. So I believe her. Okay. I think I believe her. Yeah. I'm just, I'm a little bit. Wary. I'm a a little wary, yes, of her motivation here. So I'm wondering if it's like. We're going to see some uh, some issues happening there in the next couple episodes and then things are going to have to be tweaked. Um, but even though I'm a little um, worried about her, it was a lot of fun to see Vicky again. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm really glad that, you know, despite all the, the cringy acting stuff, <laughs> although she did get to Hani pretty good. Um, she really did. <laughs> she nailed it. Yeah. I'm glad to see that she's smart and she's capable. Like, she's totally willing to take this over. She's a real leader. Like, I like that. I think it's good to see. So, plus it was, honestly, I was not expecting to see her at all again. So, it was really unexpected to have Michael hand the reins over to her. Like, what? Mm -hmm. But now it leaves a whole lot of news stories for our team cockroach so how did you feel about the end our little time jump and our reveal that we're going to the good place finally the real good place 
I was completely, and not the mail room. <laughs> I was caught off guard. Completely caught off guard. Yep. <laughs> I did not expect the time jump. Obviously, otherwise I would not have bet my five dollar dues for it. <laughs> And I was not expecting the hot air balloon. I I think what I was expecting was them working with the architects and Mm. figuring out the system and us seeing them go through, um, you know, their day to day, doing it for a while, maybe like a montage. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Okay. (sighs) That also would have been a time jump. I know, but we would see it happen. <laughs> right, okay. So, I'm worried. Yeah, I am also worried because we have three, well, basically three episodes left. Yeah. The season, or the, oh, that's so sad to say. Series the finale. series finale is, it, they keep advertising it as a 90 minute episode, and it kind of bugs me because that's not true. It's a 60 minute episode, so one hour. Plus then like a half hour like post show with Seth Meyers and the cast, which like I'm sure is going to be fun, but it's not the episode, right? That's not the episode. So we essentially have three-ish episodes left, okay? They're going to the good place. We still have a lot of time. Things are not going to go well. No, there's always going to be another wrench. There has to be another wrench. Yeah, exactly. And it's going to be in the form of something about Michael not being allowed in. You think so? Okay. Sure, I'm gonna That's make your a prediction right now. Bold prediction. Okay. Well, I'm I'm thinking that given... it's gonna be the trolley. It's gonna be the final trolley problem. Oh no! Stop it! I and don't. Then someone's know. gonna sacrifice themselves so Michael can get in. No. Jason's gonna try to steal some gasoline from a heaven mobile. Oh my god! Stop! <laughs> I'm j- my prediction is just I I don't really have a prediction. I'm just thinking that given what we know about the committee, it's not really a reach to expect that the good place isn't going to be perfect, at least not for our four humans. Right. Okay, my prediction. It's going to be... I say it now, live on air. It's not live when you're listening to it. Anyway, is that they're going to get to the good place, but they're going to be bored and they're all going to want to be, I don't know, people that run neighborhoods. They're all going to want to be architects. Like, I'm thinking they're going to level up to architects. I'm thinking in video game terms today. I don't know what's on, what's going on, but... I hear you. Yeah, yeah heaven's going to be... Or the good place is going to be kind of boring from what we've seen uh, of the mailroom. A lot of farmer's markets. It's just... It could be really <laughs> blah. I'm still really excited to see it, though. Oh, yeah, me too. Me too. I just I'm can't imagine pumped. it. I really hope we see Mindy again. Yes. Yes. I was wondering about that. Like, who do you want to see before the end now um do you think things have are gonna change for mindy now that there's a new system because she's in she's the only one in the medium place right is she suddenly gonna be put through a test so that she might be able to go to go to the good place maybe oh okay well you know she's been there for a while she could stand to switch things up i guess (laughs) yeah i don't think she'd like the good place though no no coke but she also would not like the bad place maybe she's happy in her medium place yeah. Maybe she's just medium happy in her medium place. Yeah. She's kind of happy. She's like, meh. She's okay. <laughs> she's doing fine. <laughs> I want to, and I'm hoping that this happens, but like, I kind of doubt it at this point. I want to find out who created Janet. I want Janet to find the her, original, her creator. Ooh, right? The I think that would be Janet. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think that I would, would be like cool. That. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Trevor again. Yes. Yes, seeing Trevor would be fun. 
Derek, um, of course. That's true. We haven't seen Trevor at all this season. No, because he was flicked away. Yeah, he's just kind of floating in space. Is afterlife space? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see Derek again, for sure. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Oh, that's what I want. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So there are two episodes left of The Good Place. I honestly can't believe that the show's coming to an end already. Oh, okay. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm just sad about it. So Jason, overall, what did you think of this episode? I liked it. A lot of good jokes. Great Jason moments. Hmm. We got that great line, chess mate, <laughs> and him busting out his Romeo and Juliet knowledge. Yeah, I read some books. Which I don't believe. <laughs> I'm assuming he saw the movie. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, there were guns in the Baz Luhrmann one, so yeah. that was exciting. Plus, Tahani used to be his muse. So. Yeah, Tahani probably put him up to it. Yeah. Watch okay. my good friend Baz Luhrmann's take on Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I was going to play Claire Dane's part, but, you know. I was too tall. Yes, I was I was much too tall. Leonardo DiCaprio looked like a twig next to me. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I thought this one was uh, was a lot of fun. Like, there were a lot of, like you said, a lot of good jokes, a lot of good moments. Um, some fun, unexpected things. I didn't foresee Tahani being a test subject and actually getting, like, a pretty good test with the whole Camilla thing. Like, what do you say to someone who has pissed you off so much in your life and who has treated you like garbage, but at the same time you know that they've been manipulated by your parent. Like, yeah, that's a tough scenario to actually be put in. So that was good. She was shook. Yeah. As the kids are saying. Yeah, like, that was really good. Well, for me, it was traumatizing. But, you know, it was really good. Yeah, um, yeah that was a lot of fun. And obviously the end's really unexpected. Vicky coming back was unexpected. So... I think this will be a really yeah. good one to watch in sequence. Mm-hmm. Much like this whole season. Much like the entire show, if Much you listen like the back to show. our yes. episodes, you always say that. You're like, well, this one's going to be good to binge. <laughs> yeah. I'm just mostly excited for the next few episodes and also terrified and also sad and also excited and... Ah, Lots of emotions. There are a lot of feelings, okay? <laughs> so there are only two episodes of The Good Place left. The... 60-minute series finale will take place on January 30th, 2020. And this has been Forkin' Bullshit, a Multiverse Radio production. If you like the show, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and spread the word. Tell your friends and your family and retweet our posts. Give a letter to your Janet. Do all of it. If you want to join the conversation, we're on Twitter at Multiverse Radio and Facebook at Multiverse Radio Podcast. Use the hashtag FBullshirt. And you can always email us directly at info at multiverseradio.ca. I'm Vivian. And I'm Jason. We'll see you next week.